Hi, welcome to my first podcast.、Um, it's my first time using Anchor app, and I'm hoping to interview many people around the industry that I'm familiar with. So, so a little bit about me. So, my background is in game development. So, I started as a game artist and I developed many games.、Um, and then I went into、uh, teaching the how to create games. And some of my students and former students are currently、um, in my old school that I used to teach at、um, in Houston, Texas. And I would like to later、uh, visit them and see where they are.、Uh, there was a pitch last night, and about, I would say, a good 40, 30, 40 people、uh, pitched. And it was、uh, very inspiring to see. Uh, some of the really brilliant ideas came out. So, the theme of the Global Game Jam, which was the big event, or is the big event that's happening all over the world right now. That, and many different、uh, people with different backgrounds,、uh, whether you're a programmer, artist, or a game designer, come together and、uh, form a team based on a concept or ideas that you pitched from the theme that they just gave out. And it's called Transmission. So, transmission can be uh, translated uh, in the different、uh, ways. So, some people you know, translate it as a transmission of、uh, like、communication, and some people thought of it as transmission of germs or viruses. So, very interesting ideas came out、uh, yesterday, and today is the day two,、um, starting yesterday、uh, evening at 5 p.m. So, they're probably back at the school, and I'm gonna go visit them and see where they are at and how the concepts are coming along. So, it will be ending tomorrow at 5 p.m., and the final results will be released. And I would like to kind of report how the game industry、uh, people are thinking and experiencing this whole process. And for those of you who are not familiar with the game industry, I'd like to, you to kind of get a glimpse of what it's like to work on a game for three days straight. Okay? Thank you for listening, and this was Juwan. Hi, everybody. So I'm here with A Team. So they will tell you a little bit more about what they're working on currently. Right, so, we're working on a project called Help I'm Dying Up Here. And it's a, multi, it's a two player co op platformer that involves、uh, a knight on the top side of the screen and an alchemist on the bottom side of the screen. And the knight's trying to survive while a bunch of monsters are bar-、um, barraging at him. And the alchemist is crafting weapons, potions, and spell scrolls for him to use. And、um, the knight will be. After he kills monsters, monsters will drop materials and、uh, they'll automatically be sent to the alchemists. And whenever the alchemist makes something, he'll automatically be sent to the knight. Awesome. So the two players need to communicate well so that each player knows what they need so that they can you know, get a high score and survive longer. Okay. So why did you decide to join the Global Games? And first of all, what's your name? And I can、um, tell you a little bit about yourself.、Uh, my name is Sunny. I go to UH.、Um, I want to be a game developer, and、uh, I mean, that's why I think a lot of people here at Game Jam want to be a game developer. And the main reason why I came is to make connections. How did you decide to you know, start developing games? When did you do, start doing this? 
Well, my brother was a programmer, and um, he actually went to U of H as well, and he placed really high in uh, Imagine Cup, like two years in a row. And um, I didn't really, I wasn't really first into game development, but uh, I tried what my brother tried because I saw he he did really well, and uh, ended up really liking it. Mm, cool. Thank you. And could you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you're currently doing uh, for this game? Sure. <laughs> right now I'm working out some UI elements that we need uh, to help display uh, things like how much health uh, the knight has, what resources the alchemist has, and uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of tricky because they both kind of need a lot of information uh, and we don't have a lot of space for it, so... Uh, the challenge is getting it in in a way that doesn't obstruct what little view we have. Okay, that's really great. I mean, is that your art over there? That you yeah, um, this is all really tiny. I'm amazed you can see it. That's uh, great. <laughs> oh, it looks great. Um, uh, so, how did you learn to do this? Um, I actually have a background in concept art. Mm -hmm. um, so, a lot. How of did you learn to do this? Like a concept art? Did you go to school? Or yeah, anything? I actually went to the Art Institute in Santa Ana, California. Okay. Um, and mostly studied 3D graphics uh, animation. Um, but uh, for a long time, my passion was in drawing and painting. Mm -hmm. So, I kind of stuck with that. Awesome. Um, and yeah, I kind of I was able to make a career out of that for a long time. And uh, more recently, I've decided to kind of strike out on my own and learn some programming and build my own projects. And uh, I've really fallen in love with the indie community and I've been wanting to, uh, to do more in that space. Awesome. So that's why I'm here. How did you hear about Global Game Jam? Uh, that's a good question. Um, it's kind of big news every year and I've been wanting to do it. And uh, I've been coming out to some of the meetups here in Houston involving uh, IGDA and um, uh, some of the, the, the Unity folks who, who work out here and, and uh, organize the community. Um, they, uh, they put announcements out and feelers and I felt like it was just a good time. So okay. I give it a shot. Thank you so much yeah, for your interview. So I'm actually here with the only female developer of the group and I wanted to see how she started her uh, career in games and wanted to learn more about her. So hi, what's your name? Uh, Hannah. Hannah. So could you tell me a little bit of you know, why you're here and what drew, drove you to start the game? Well, I'm actually wanting to make an animated series, but I one, I love gaming. And, I mean, not as much as probably all of these people, but I do love games. And I know that with this, you're having to work with a large group of people to create something very quickly. And it takes a lot of creativity and teamwork and communication. And so it's similar in that those ways to making an animated series of some, or something like that. So I wanted to come. Uh, my brother told me about Global Game Jam being here, I've heard of its existence before in the past, um, but that's kind of why I came, just to kind of learn production, teamwork, that sort of thing. Okay, thank you. Hi, this is uh, probably one of the most uh, interesting group that uh, I have interviewed. <laughs> They're doing a VR game and when they pitched yesterday, I think they had over 20 people that raised hand that they wanted to be in their team. So. So it's it's pretty exciting that their concept, and so I'm here to interview the two 
leaders in, in this uh, uh, group. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Zail. I've been programming with VR for almost two years now. Uh, I'm part of a company called Core Simulations with my other teammate. Hello, my name is Jacob, and uh, I've been programming and working with VR for probably the past, I don't know, what, eight months? Or since you kind of started Core Simulations? Around then, yeah. yeah. Tell me about your uh, concept and, you know, how did you come about it? Well, the first thing I thought of when we, when I heard tele... What was Transmission. It? Transmission was like teleportation, mm -hmm. like transmitting yourself somewhere. And so I thought, well, how could you make teleporting game? I mean, you could, I guess you, VR has a lot of teleportation in it, so it's all being teleporting works well with VR. <laughs> but I thought, well, what if it's some sort of teleporter that's not working, not teleportation itself? And it kind of brought along us the idea of a broken teleporter that you have to fix to te keep teleporting on. It's and, and which we then had, I think you had the idea of asynchronous. Yeah, making it asynchronous. So like one of our huge ins inspirations for this game was keep talking and nobody explodes, wherein one person is a bomb diffuser and the other person is the bomb expert that has a manual and like a set of rules. And one of the like, key parts in, of this game is communication. So the bomb diffuser needs to tell the bomb uh, expert what's happening with the bomb and the bomb expert relays the information back. So it's the same thing with this. Um, you have the person, the person in virtual reality repairing the teleporter and they have to fix all these modules and they have to communicate the information about the environment and the modules to the person who's sitting on the PC outside of virtual reality. And then the person on the PC outside of virtual reality has to communicate information back so that they can repair uh, the teleporter and move on to the next level. So there's, lots of, there's all these little different modules that are broken or something is something's missing or you have to put a pattern in but only one person can see it the person mm -hmm. on the computer outside of VR has all the information you need to fix it but the person in VR can't see any of that so they have to mm -hmm. keep talking they have to work together to fix a teleporter before the time runs out and time so it's not necessarily like a timer so much like the kind of theme we went to was a kind of Tron-esque world uh, wherein the person in VR is stuck in the virtual world and, and everything's collapsing around them yes yes and then the world is disintegrating being deleted uh, corrupted around them and they have to make it to the next teleport platform to run away from the world as it's being destroyed behind them. the person on PC is trying to help them get out so tell me more about how did you get involved in the actual development aspect, like did you teach yourself or did you go to school? I, uh, I taught myself. Um, I was always interested, always interested in VR since back when Palmer Lucky brought out the technology in 2012. And whenever the Vive came out, I thought, alright, this is when I'm going to get into it. And I got into VR, played around, had my fun, and then I thought, this is going to be really powerful. I want to be part of this world. and so I sat down, started teaching myself Unity, working with VR. I work specifically with Unity in VR. I don't do anything 2D, all 3D in VR, so I can immerse myself in the mindset I have to have to do VR, because the mindsets for VR are very different than any other kind of game, because you have to work in real space. You can't fudge the real world. You've got to work in real space, and so it's a very interesting mindset to be in, comparatively to any other game development. I know you two are a part of Core Simulations company, yes. and I think it's a really interesting company. Could you tell me, uh, tell the audience a little bit about what the company does? And 
Sure. So core simulations were combining virtual reality and physical therapy to lower patient noncompliance and increase clinical efficiency for physical therapy clinics. And we're doing this via a gamified process of gamifying common physical therapy exercises and creating, you know, no, they're no longer thinking of it as exercise now. It's a game. It's entertaining. And then also at the same time, this data, this positional information that the system is already collecting, we can collect and provide it to a physical therapist, provide it to insurance, provide it to the uh, patient themselves, whoever would be interested in it as well. And it's just kind of like trying to kind of redefine therapy uh, with this technology. We're really, really trying to help people enjoy therapy a bit more by hiding everything in the game. It's, you're doing the same stuff as you would be before, but it's a bit more fun because you can hide yourself in the game. Okay, thank you so much both for the interview. Thank you. Hello everybody, I'm actually here with um, Brandon. Um, I've been friends with him for many years since I moved to Houston. And he is actually a, a veteran in game industry. And uh, I think it's good to hear what he thinks about Global Game Jam and so far what he has done. So, hi Brandon. Hi, how's it going? Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, so I run a small indie game company called Darkshot Studios. We released our first game in 2017, puzzle platformer called Roadie, and now we're branching out and we're doing some more games, we're doing some non-gaming apps, and I'm also a co-organizer for the Houston Game Developer events and meetups and all that stuff, and game jams have been a very important part of uh, my career as a game developer, and I think a lot of these guys as well, because... Uh, Houston's a very large, very spread out city, and we're not really known for game development. We're known for a lot of like, you know, industrial kind of things, oil and gas, medical, that kind of thing. But there's a lot of people who have passion for this kind of thing, and they run into a problem where like, since Houston's so spread out, you know, there's a lot of central events, but they may not know they're going on, or they may not be able to make the drive. But because, you know, we have something like Game Jam, they can come here, they can meet fellow game developers, they can interact with people of a similar talent or, you know, more experienced people and they can learn some things. A lot of them, like, take what they've learned, take what they, people they've met, and they go back to their own projects, and their projects are stronger for that. And uh, it really gives Houston a, a good showing overall because we're trying to expand our, uh, how do you say, our reputation as game developers. A lot of people, when they think of Texas game dev, they think of, Austin primarily but we're really trying to raise our rep we're trying to bring up these young developers and the companies that are already here and we're trying to uh, you know show people that we're here too and grow the industry here awesome so I know that you had your first game that you made is in your career and it's called Roti mm -hmm. I know you went up and down in your, you know, the process and there was a lot of struggle as an entrepreneur as well as a developer and could you share a little bit of that wisdom that you had uh, from that process? So yeah, everything that could have happened, everything could have gone wrong with Rody kind of did. Like, you know, we started with a small team but the one artist we had couldn't continue after a few months so we had to go back and redo everything. We took the game to events and you know sometimes we would get a lot of followers but we wouldn't like email them or anything afterwards so it was kind of like that whole thing happened but uh one of the big takeaways i'd say is uh 
if you're working on something, you have to establish your vision for that project from the get-go. With everyone that's on the team, you have to decide, okay, what are we making? Who are we making it for? And how is it going to benefit that person? You have to stay true to those values, no matter what decisions you make, because those are going to help you make the best decisions. If you want to like, in terms of like deciding the art style, what events to go to, that's where we kind of got off track. We didn't stay to the vision. So we, we did a little bit of everything. And while that's fun, and there's a lot of like stories behind that, there's stories for like, that's, that's kind of like for another time. But uh, I would say for the best success, stick to your vision. And congratulations, Lordi did make it to Steam, yes. Greenlight. So what was that process like and how did you feel when you saw your very first game on going on Steam? It's quite a weird experience, actually. So we were one of the last games to get, get through Steam Greenlight because, you know, they recently got rid of that whole thing. And uh, it was actually our second time doing Greenlight. We did it once uh, months before, but it was a very unfocused kind of thing. So we kind of like took it down, started over. So it was very surprising, like, that actually went through, that actually succeeded. And uh, there, was, there was this weird point where, like, we're working on the game, and it's reaching completion, and it's kind of like, uh, is it even ready to launch, you know? It was very, like, uncoordinated thing, but, you know, we just kind of threw it out there. And people did download it. There's, like, YouTube videos of it. Uh, there's comments, like... Not all the comments are like angry comments, so that's it's it's a very good it's a very surreal feeling, and uh, it's very encouraging, and we're definitely not done yet. We're just getting started. Okay, thank you so much, Brandon, for your time. Thank you. Hi, I have a special guest right now. Um, her name is Maria, and she is a former student of mine, and now she is one of the participants at the Global Game Jam. And she has few things to say about uh, being women in games and uh, many others. So hi. Hi, hi, John. Good to see you again. Um, it's been an amazing experience. Uh, this is the second, or actually the third time I'm doing it. Uh, the first time I did the hackathon with the HoloLens uh, a year and a half ago. Um, it was a very, very fun experience and uh, I did uh, another one last year and yeah, this is the third one I'm doing, so this is not new for me. And um, being a girl, a woman in games and technology is uh, definitely tough because there's competition, uh, but it's also a learning experience. It's always a learning experience and it's um, rewarding because uh, girls like us who like technology, who likes, who's, who's smart and want to uh, prove that we are um, tough, smart, talented, they just want to apply the, the knowledge and the focus and, and make a difference in the end. Okay, so tell me a little bit about um, your experience going through school here. Um, yeah, I have uh, moved from Eastern Europe and I have transferred some of the credits here and because I changed slightly the um, um, career, I had to be here for longer than I expected, but it was very rewarding because I met you, I met amazing mentors and um, uh, industry professionals. I'm going to GDC this March and I'm just so excited because um, this is a big and warm community after all it's very helpful whenever we have any issues we just 
uh, go on forums, ask each other, and very like supportive towards each other. So um, the school wasn't easy. In the beginning, it was very easy for me, actually. I thought, oh my God, this is a piece of cake. But in the end, it was... Um, and right now, because I'm graduated so graduating soon, I feel like it's getting more focused and more determination, and it's a little bit more tough because of the quality standards that you have to meet in the industry, and that's just another challenge that we have to I have to meet. Wow! Yeah. So school, my class was easy for you, huh? <laughs> it was. Um, a, no, it wasn't that easy, actually. I loved your class because it was challenging, because you always challenged us because of your speed tests, constant speed tests for little uh, models and textures, and uh, that made us um, smarter and faster and more efficient. Okay, so if you had a, a bit of wisdom for, let's say, girls who are in high school, mm -hmm. uh, thinking about you know going into career in games, mm -hmm. what would you say to them? I would suggest them to start as soon as possible, uh, apply all the talents, that life is short and we have to do whatever we love as soon as we can. Because what, what are the resources that you use that was helpful for you? Uh, the resources that I use is always uh, my own imagination and creativity, but also reaching out to professionals from in industry and uh, from for feedback from the colleagues, always, and always uh, be um, humble and uh, learn and change, be open towards um, like very experienced people in the industry who uh, always are there for you. Okay. That's the resources. All the forums, I would say, online it, unreal forums the learning uh, channels or um zbrush forums they're very helpful as well they have really the z classrooms are very helpful as well they teach you lots of good skills and, and techniques um all kinds of workshops online honestly like um, uh, different groups and for girls specifically i highly suggest them to go online and uh join the women in tech the girls in games uh there's a bunch of programs sponsored by microsoft by xbox by unreal and they're all out there just look them up okay so you said uh before the interview that you applied for I did. I did. Actually, I'm so excited that I already already started to look at the different jobs, and uh, I just came across this opportunity at Tesla, and I applied, and I'm looking forward to hearing from them because um, I've, it's always been my dream to work in technology with somebody like Elon Musk, so open, so refreshing, and so straightforward, and he just wants to contribute to the humanity, to the humankind, for a better, for the betterment of a our experience. So I'm here with Larry Hendricks. He's been my co-worker and he's been in the Houston game community for a long time. As long as I've been in Houston, he's been here um, working towards making impact in Houston gaming development community. So I would like to ask a few questions. Um, maybe Larry, would you tell me how you started the Global Game Jam movement in Houston? Well, the Global Game Jam actually started about 10 years ago. Um, we actually started at Houston Community College um, in its third year. And the biggest problem was we couldn't keep the building open for the full 48 hours. So we ended up moving to the Art Institute. They've been really accommodating. So we've been open for the past 48 hours. This is our fourth jam here. And everybody's been excited about it. 
been getting a lot of good results, been getting a lot bigger. So, and a lot more females joining. So, you know, it's not just a men's club, it's for everyone. How many uh, jammers are here today? Uh, right now we have almost 80, over 80 jammers registered. Wow. So, I say bigger from the 65 that we had last year. So, it's just definitely getting bigger and we get a lot more talent you know everybody's motivated you know give them the space and the opportunity to work you know you get a chance to work and How it's many also teams? been helping students here at the Art institute find positions as well how many teams are here today Maggie? right now we have at least 10 teams and we probably have, it's probably as high as 12. we get some long rangers who do their own work but mostly um, right now, major teams, we have about 10 or 11. So tell me a little bit about your uh, game development career. I know you've been making several games and you know been seen in the game industry here in Houston. Could you tell me a little bit about how you got started? I got started when I was always in the games, but my parents told me to get a real job, so I got a job in uh, degree in graphic design, worked in corporate America for a while, but then back in early 2000, the game industry but hit me again, so I started going to different seminars, um, networking, um, working on different demos, long story short, now I run my own company, 1407 Studios. Um, finish one mobile game. Um, we're about to launch a second mobile game um, in the next couple of months. Around What's March. the name? Uh, it's called Wild Dash. And the goal is an endless runner where you have control of it. You stop running, you start dying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. So are you going to uh, uh, Game Development Conference uh, in, the, in the March? Yes, I am. Okay, awesome. Uh, that's kind of like my vacation holidays, so you know, get a chance to go to see the West Coast. San Francisco is a very beautiful place, you know. Wouldn't want to live there, but it's a nice place to visit. I know you've been a long-time instructor and teacher in uh, game development space. Would you, what would you tell the future, uh, I guess, uh, students uh, of you? What, what, what should they do to be prepared to come to your class? Be passionate. Uh, you say I can't teach passionate, or I can do a show passion and hope that kind of cultivates in you. You gotta want to do this for fun. If you're not seeing this as real work, it's gonna become real work, and you may not like it. So think of it as something that you would do even if you're not getting paid for it. So. So, um, what do you? What's the? You know, best outcome that you see uh, tomorrow at five o'clock when those 11, 12 teams present their games. Well, the best outcome, the very best outcome, is that they all finish. The game is exactly that way they want to. They can stand up there proud, being able to show off their game. And hopefully, we have some games that are pretty much strong enough to where the team says to themselves, "You know what." We work on this just a little bit longer. We can probably sell this on the market for you know, have to get paid for it. That's awesome. So that's great to hear. Thank you so much, Larry, for agreeing to interview. Not a problem. Thank you. Hi, 
Thank you, Dennis, for agreeing to interview. And I know you're one of the organizers of Global Game Jam, and uh, I'm sure you can share a lot of information about what your journey was like getting into the game industry and how you started. So, to start off,、uh, how is Global Game Jam going so far? So,、uh, Global Game Jam is going really great.、Uh, this year we started out with 77 people signed up, which is our largest number to date. Um, we've got、uh, at least 11 games that are going to be published, and there may be a couple of outliner guys that are working from home, so we could have you know, maybe 12, 15 games this year. So it's really exciting. Awesome. So, how did you start、uh, your career in games? And、uh, tell us a little bit more about、uh, your journey. Well, my journey is, is an interesting one in the sense that I started out in aerospace engineering. Um, it was fun. I loved building stuff, loved tinkering,、uh, but my passion was with code and gaming. So、uh, I switched over and moved over to gaming, which, you know, had to convince my parents that was a, a worthy endeavor,、um, which was hard to do. They had to see it before they could believe it.、Um, but、uh, that was back in like 2001, 2002. So、uh, I've been going strong ever since. Awesome. Um, I know you were an avid basketball player,、mm-hmm. also, you're really into it. And、uh, so far, you have developed several games. What, could you tell us a little bit more about、uh, you know, what it was like you know, first learning how to you know, code and what it would be like for others, maybe learning from your mistakes? Or, you know,、uh, well, the good thing about Learning is there's not really mistakes, they're just learning experiences, and that's the process making mistakes, getting it right, learning what to do next time. That is learning, so there's no mistakes there, and that's kind of also the fun of it because in coding and in development, a lot of times there are happy mistakes, be it art or code. Sometimes you'll do something you won't know why or how, but it, it's what you want to do. After you see that after effect, and those are sometimes just as fun and as exciting to run into. So, I encourage people to just learn, participate, do, and that's how you're really going to get ahead because this is an industry where if you sit down and just work on what you've learned in the past, you'll never really be able to achieve anything really great because our industry is always evolving. So, you really got to get out there and try new things and stay up to date. Are you currently involved in、uh, any business? I know you are an entrepreneur yourself. Yes, a serial entrepreneur,、yes. would seem at times. But、uh, right now I'm doing a lot of AR. So、uh, I've got a mobile AR company that I'm working with.、Um, and I'm trying to get a little bit in on this whole Bitcoin blockchain、uh, bubble before it bursts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, right now, it's now or never kind、mm-hmm. of uh, uh, timing. So, we, if you were to、uh, you know, tell people who you know, have maybe children who are really loving to play games and they, they really know all about games, but maybe they're thinking about, well, what, I wonder what it's like to make games. Could you tell those audience what are the differences in those two and what they should do if they're you know, in high school? Like, what you want them to do? Mm-hmm. So, the first thing is, like I mentioned earlier, don't be afraid to make mistakes.、Uh, make high goals and you know, do what you can to try and achieve them and go step by step.、Uh, keep in mind you are learning, you are experiencing. So, 
it takes time like any craft any skill you rarely get it at the very beginning it's something that's a learned behavior so just keep that in mind um and an interesting thing i'm actually going to be speaking at gdc this year for game devs with kids so uh that is part of the topics that we're going to be talking about is you know how do you as a developer you know interact with your kids because a lot of times game development has long hours and whatnot and trying to find time to bond with them uh, a lot of times means also in involving them in some of the things you do and the good thing about gaming is a lot of times the stuff you do they actually may have some excitement in or learning how to you know do those same things um, with me i have really young ones so my oldest is only three years old and like one of the interesting fun things we did we just played uh, Street Fighter, just tapping on the buttons and letting him just see how he could interact and do something. Thank you.